Jim Calloway. And I'm Sharon Nelson. This is the 65th edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers in Technology. Today, our topic is Social Media for Lawyers, Part 2, LinkedIn and Facebook for Lawyers. There was so much to cover on this topic that we decided to split it into two parts. In case you missed the first podcast, we covered blogging and Twitter for lawyers with Ernest Vinson and Jared Correa, and it is available now on iTunes. Jim and I are very happy that we have two noted guests today. Dennis Kennedy is a well-known legal technology author and information technology lawyer located in St. Louis, Missouri. He writes a monthly technology column for the ABA Journal and has co-authored with Allison Shields the books Facebook in One Hour for Lawyers and LinkedIn in One Hour for Lawyers. He also co-hosts with Tom Mile the Kennedy Mile Report podcast. His blog, Dennis Kennedy Blog, is a highly regarded resource on, on legal technology topics, and we'll make sure to put a link to the blog in the show notes. And our second guest is Allison C. Shields. She's the president of Legal Ease Consulting, Inc., which offers social media, business development, marketing, management, productivity, and client service consulting services to law firms. She is the co-author of LinkedIn and One Hour for Lawyers and Facebook and One Hour for Lawyers, published by the ABA Law Practice Management Section. You can contact her at allison at legaleaseconsulting.com and visit her website, lawyermeltdown.com, or her blog. Allison and Dennis, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks, Jim and Sharon. I'm excited to be here. And, it, and this is Dennis. It's, an, it's actually an honor to be on the, the podcast Okay, guys, we appreciate that. We're going to start right in and say, should lawyers choose LinkedIn, Facebook, or both? What are the advantages and drawbacks of the two platforms? Well, I think a lot of it really depends on what your purpose is for using social media, specifically LinkedIn and Facebook. Some of it also depends, I think, on who your audience is. You know, who will you be using those two platforms to communicate with? Who do you want to reach? Where do you want to get your message out? And I think some of it will depend on your practice area or practice areas, main practice areas as well. Each of the platforms, um, just like any other social media platform, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, they all have their own culture and different people use the different platforms for, for different reasons. You know, LinkedIn is considered to be the professional network. So it's more business people doing business things. If you've got a business to business practice, then maybe LinkedIn is more the place for you than Facebook. A lot of people use Facebook for business, but there, it's still a more social platform. The things that you would post might be a little bit more personal and more social there. So some of it depends on, on what you're planning to get out of it. Dennis, what do you think? Well, I, I love this notion of Clayton Christ, Christensen has. Uh, he's the author of The Innovator's Dilemma and other books, and it's because it the job-to-be-done theory, but it essentially comes down to asking the question, what are you hiring LinkedIn or Facebook to do? And if you can kind of think in those terms and have a clear answer to that question, I think that helps you make the decision. I sort of think that for, for most lawyers, the answer is ultimately going to be both as you get involved in it, but, but definitely the starting place uh, for lawyers, where they're most comfortable, where the ethics rules I think are clearest, is is got to be LinkedIn. Not much question about that one. I, I've heard you both often talk about the three essentials of both Facebook and LinkedIn. What are they, and can you explain what you mean in, in a little more detail? 
Yeah, so the, we came up with these three essential building blocks of each of the, the tools. And so the first one is uh, the profile or the timeline in, in Facebook. It's sort of who, who you are. The second is your connections or in LinkedIn or friends in Facebook. And that's sort of who are your links in, in the, the social environment that you have. And the third thing, uh, often underestimated, is participation. So what are your activities, your communications, your conversations within all the links in your, in your social network? And you'll see that they're handled a little bit differently in each, each of the services. So LinkedIn, very professional. Your profile is like an extended version of your resume. It gives you great opportunity to go into a lot of detail about your professional uh, background. Uh, Facebook, much, it's a smaller profile, more, although the timeline is changing it, so timelines tend to be more historical, more personal, lots of, lots of photos typically, and, and sort of tells what's going on in your, your family, a little bit less so in, in ways of your profession, your professional resume, and it's definitely not structured like a resume. LinkedIn has connections, which are sort of business connections, the people you know and work with or have worked with. Facebook definitely focused toward friends and family. And then the participation can be a little little different. It seems like LinkedIn is a bit more formal, and Facebook uh, tends to be much more informal, free-flowing, lots of different ways uh, that you're going to talk uh, among the people that you know. Yeah, Dennis, I would agree. I mean, those are the three the three building blocks that we often talk about. And I think that on LinkedIn especially, that first one of the profile and making it as complete as you possibly can makes a big difference with respect to how people interact with you. You know, your timeline on Facebook is sort of an on ongoing, which is why they call it the timeline. And you post things and they, they stay in that timeline. But the profile on LinkedIn is, is a little bit more static. And I think people, because of that, they may post updates or they may participate in groups on LinkedIn, but they don't necessarily always remember to go back and update their profile. We uh, hear a lot about privacy and social media. How should lawyers handle the privacy settings in LinkedIn and Facebook? Are there differences in the approaches to the two? Yeah, there, there really are a couple of important differences, and I think that lawyers should I – mean, my answer is they should handle privacy settings early and often. I mean, I, I think the privacy settings are a huge area, especially in Facebook, and I, lawyers, I, we found, have more fear of Facebook as a technology than, than maybe any other technology that I've I've run into. And so my concern of that is in the the way lawyers want to shy away from Facebook gives me concern about how they advise their own clients about privacy and some of the other issues that, that can come up in, in Facebook. So again, two different approaches. So LinkedIn tends to be more professional, more public, you know, your resume information, business information. So privacy has, has really been less of a concern because typically you're putting out information that you want to have out there. Facebook, more informal, personal, you tend to think it's more private. So there's a lot more stories about privacy issues in Facebook and, and a lot of, lot of issues out there. Also, Facebook uh, tends to 
overshare in a way. So the general philosophy of Facebook is to share more information. And uh, both services have made a lot of improvements over the years and collected all the privacy and account settings in one place. And so what I usually recommend to people is you go through each of those those uh, those sets of settings very carefully, one at a time, take you 15 or 20 minutes or so, and kind of learn what's what's going on and and adjust the settings uh you know accordingly <clears throat> probably my one rule of thumb in facebook is to generally default to just sharing information with friends if you can do that that's going to help you a lot in privacy allison do you have some thoughts as well yeah i mean i i think that what people need to keep in mind with respect to that especially on facebook because people tend to share more personal social things is not just to be cognizant of what those settings are, but to be aware that once you're sharing with friends, they could be sharing with their friends potentially afterwards. So no matter how private you think things are, you have to assume there's really nothing that's private. <laughs> amen Especially amen on to that. That is certainly true. What, what should you post or include on your profile on Facebook and LinkedIn? I think that confuses a lot of lawyers. Yeah, and I think it, some of it goes back again to this whole idea of, of culture, Sharon. You know, LinkedIn is more professional, and so it's really not appropriate, at least in our opinion, to be sharing those more personal things that you might share on on Facebook or even on Twitter or some of the other platforms. I mean, LinkedIn is the professional's network. It's business people who are there to do business. So you want to put things on your profile and your updates and what you share in groups that have to do with business. You know, nobody's interested on LinkedIn and in, in knowing what you had for dinner, even though they might be interested in that on, on Facebook. I think that you need to give people some reason to connect with you on either one of these platforms. Now on Facebook that you might reveal a little bit more. You might talk more about the things that you do sort of after business hours or outside of your business. And Facebook, you would want to keep that more professional. But I think both platforms are becoming much more visual. I mean, even the changes that LinkedIn recently did to their platform, it, it showcases more visual information. So what you do want to post on, on your profile and on your timeline on Facebook or on your law firm Facebook page is definitely information that's visual, that's image-based. So photographs, videos, um, slideshows, and presentations are popular. And definitely include information that gives people an idea who you are, what you stand for, and what's different about you. And try to share what's information and images that's going to be valuable to your audience. So I always tell my clients not to think necessarily about what they think other people should know, but about what other people are looking for. You know, what to, does your audience want to know? Yeah, I think that uh, that is that notion of, of of think of these things as your ch your channel to an audience, and think in terms of what that audience is looking for is a good thing. The other thing I you know highly recommend is just use good judgment throughout and then also go back to that notion of what i said before is what are you hiring linkedin or facebook to do and i think that's going to help you determine what you're going to put in there by you know because you think through what am i trying to accomplish and and finally i think you want to give people potential points of connection so that when they've they've sort of 
looking at you as somebody they want to potentially hire or to to be in touch with that they see something about you on on facebook or linkedin that gives them that personal connection which then becomes the key to them making the decision to to use you well speaking of connections what are some ways that you manage the friends and connections process within the uh, two networks and how are concepts of friends and connections different well they're sort of coming closer together in some ways as the two services become a little bit more alike but but i really think i see linkedin as your professional business connections are typically who you're putting on there facebook i think tends to be your actual personal friends and and more and more so your your family as well so so i think those are sort of two different it really divides nicely along those lines and that's why you you often hear lawyers talk about using LinkedIn for professional purposes and Facebook only for personal purposes. And and so that's a good way to, to think about it. It's a good rule of thumb. You know, LinkedIn is absolutely amazing for the search tools uh, that it gives you. I think LinkedIn is, or, or Facebook is, to me, not quite as good. It's a little harder to locate people. But LinkedIn is is, is phenomenal in the way that you can find people. They both will suggest uh, connections and friends to you, and you can take advantage of that. Sometimes it's almost eerie how accurate those those suggestions can be. Um, so those those are some of the ways, but really powerful tools build build into these so you can you can start by importing your you know contacts and email and do some other things to get yourself started but the uh, the search tools really are are really incredibly helpful in in, uh, in building out your friends or connections list and if I can move us along so that we maybe have only one of you answering each question, that way we can get through everything, because I want to make sure we touch on everything we had discussed prior to recording the podcast, because it's all such great stuff. What What's the best way to make sure friends, clients, colleagues, bosses, uh, and other categories of people see just what you want them to see and know more? Well, I mean, again, it's different on the two different services. I, on Facebook, the easiest way to do that is to create friend lists so that you designate different people who you've connected with on Facebook into different lists. And you can divide your friends into personal versus professional groups. I mean, some people can be on multiple lists, but then you can not only send messages or up status updates to only a certain group of people or restrict them from being seen by a certain group of people. But you can also filter your newsfeed on Facebook by those friend lists. So if for some reason I decide that I'm using Facebook at the moment for strictly business reasons and I only want to see the people that I have in a friend list that's related to business and not look at my family and and all of my my friends who are going to be just talking about social stuff, I can do that. So it's not only what I'm sending out, but also what I'm looking at. On LinkedIn, you don't have as many options. But what most people don't know is that there is a way, if you go into your contacts on LinkedIn, that you can tag them and you can create your own tags and you can send updates only or messages really to tagged groups of contacts. You can only do it to 50 people at a time, but usually if you're doing more than that, it's essentially a mess message anyway. You might as well just put it in as a regular, a regular update. On Facebook, you can also exclude certain individuals. So for example, if you you definitely don't want your boss to see something that you're putting up. You can you can specifically exclude that one individual 
person. Allison, if your your law firm has a Facebook presence, as a lawyer, do you want to go ahead and create a separate professional presence for yourself on Facebook? Uh, why or why not? Well, one of the things to remember is that Facebook accounts for an individual Facebook profile, you're really supposed to be using that for personal individual reasons and not necessarily for business. That's why Facebook has the, what they used to call fan pages, which now they just call business pages. So, I mean, I recommend that you go ahead and set up a business page for, you know, if you're a solo or if you can, if you have the ability to do so for your law firm, to do it for the law firm. And then people can follow that page, even if they're not necessarily friends with you on Facebook individually. But I think the pages, the business pages are also a good opportunity if there's more than one person in your firm because you have different levels of administrators on Facebook and people can, you can have more than one person who's posting and who's watching what other people are posting and, and how all of that's working on Facebook. And it would give you then an opportunity to sort of spread the wealth in terms of getting, getting the work done on Facebook and, and getting the message out there. But again, it might depend on what your practice area is and how you're, inter how you're using the platform and how you're interacting with other people. Dennis, you said that the third essential is participation. I know I've been particularly frustrated on LinkedIn with trying to participate in groups, many of which seem to have been taken over by people who are really shilling and marketing. How do you <laughs> recommend that lawyers participate in LinkedIn and Facebook? Well, there are sort of some standard approaches, and and you just have to realize that some of them work might work well, some might not. It's like other things that you're you're doing. I mean, to me, social media is sort of a form of indirect marketing is probably the best way for lawyers to think about it. So you think of some of the other things you might do, joining community groups, uh, country club, whatever, and might or might not work for your business. So part of it's just having you know realistic expectations and realizing there's some happenstance in, in how these things to work, uh, how, how these things will work. So when I think about participation, I say, how can I provide useful and helpful content to the audience that I have? And you need to kind of think, you know, again, think through what that audience is. For for LinkedIn and, and maybe to some extent to Facebook, probably you're, you're the way to think of the audience that you have is really potential referrers, so people who can refer you business. And so if you're putting material into Facebook or LinkedIn that will help you reach that group and keep you sort of in their minds, that may be the best approach. So there's there's probably three things that you can do in, in each of these services. So one is the, the sort of informational update. In both LinkedIn and Facebook, you can do these updates. You might provide helpful links, uh, you know, a little comment about a current uh, case or development, and just put that out in, into your network just to be a helpful person and provide information. Sharon, as you said, there are these groups that you can participate in, that you can create. It's a mixed bag. Some, some of them are, you know, quite active and, and, and really useful, and other ones uh, kind of die on the vine. So you just got to, I think, try some of those things, realize some might work, some might not, but maybe the value to them is the introductions that you get and the links that you make with other people who join the groups. And, and maybe it's some of the people are as disappointed as you are that you are able then to, to go on and do something else. And then sort of the third area it tends to be more Facebook, but you can 
send messages to people. You can comment on posts. You can do likes. You can share posts. And this is a way of, of interacting with people so that they remember that you're around. And they may next time they need a, a lawyer who's who they understand is in your field because you post information about that, they think of you instead of uh, you know remembering a few months later that, oh, yeah, uh, that, that is the type of work that you do. What are some creative ways to use Facebook to promote your law firm and legal services? I know that that's what a lot of lawyers are interested in. Right, Jim. But I think that the key is some of what Dennis was just talking about, which is the idea of participation. There's a reason why our third essential building block is participation and not promotion. And as Sharon mentioned a minute ago, you know, it gets frustrating when you go onto these sites like LinkedIn and you go into a group where you think this is like-minded people or this is my audience or people that I could get information from or give information to, and it's been taken over by somebody or a number of people who are just promoting. So really the most creative way is to, to participate, to interact with people. On Facebook, you can post, instead of just posting a promotional thing or a link to something you've written, post a question, start you know, a discussion, do a, a poll, uh, make sure that you're allowing people to be able to comment on your firm Facebook page. You know, certainly you're going to be monitoring that and making sure that nothing inappropriate goes up. Those apps tabs on the Facebook page you can use for uh, to direct people to interesting content. But it's really mostly about interacting with other people. So instead of promoting yourself, start a discussion. You know, promote other people. Comment and and like as as Dennis said, you, you can do those things now on LinkedIn as well. They've they've started that, they've added those abilities in. So you, I mean you certainly want to offer up a little bit about what you do, but it's it's promoting by participating, not promoting by promoting. Uh, very, very well said, Allison. I, I know Jim and I are anxious to hear favorite tips from each of you, but before we get there, could you kind of briefly give us the uh, key ethical consideration for lawyers when, when using these two forms of social media? Sure. I think the ethics rules apply to both pretty much the same way, although people use Facebook differently. So that's why they get into more trouble, I think, with Facebook. But the biggest rule, and I'll give you the ABA model rules because every state has their own but they're pretty close. ABA model rule 7.1 is talks about avoiding disseminating misleading information. You want to make sure that you keep your online presence updated. You have to make sure that you're checking your rules for whatever appropriate disclaimers you're supposed to use. That's model 7.3. Um, certainly you don't want to be revealing client confidences on social media. I think that's pretty much a no-brainer. And you certainly want to know what the individual rules are, including where you can get endorsements or testimonials from other people. Even on social media sites, those rules, which is usually it's 7.2, 7.3, and 7.4 of the model rules. And I, I always tell everybody they should look at ABA opinion 10457, which is about lawyer websites, but a lot of the same things apply to social media. And certainly have to be aware of not creating an inadvertent attorney-client relationship with conversations that you're having during this participation on either one of these sites. Okay, it's time for your favorite LinkedIn or Facebook tip to leave us with. You know, for me, Jim, I just I, I like to remind people that uh, these these services work best when they supplement the real world and they don't replace it. And you keep the real world, uh, you know, firmly in mind while while you're in them. So the ethics things, I think, is you're thinking of real world analogies. You're going to be in 
and in a better place. You think of uh, what would I do with potential referral sources? You're you're in a better place. So I, I think that, and, and and then also, as I say, supplement what you're doing there in the real world. So you're going to a different city. Use LinkedIn and Facebook to find people to get together and have lunch with. When somebody has a success, get together and uh, with them. So so I. That's my big tip. And the other the tip I was, uh, if I can give two, is, is on Facebook, is that I just think Facebook is worth it to get together with your with your old friends. And that's and that, for me, is, is plenty good enough. My high school reunion group on Facebook is totally worth all the time I, that I spent on Facebook. <laughs> okay. Well, De- Dennis cheated, Allison. You only get one tip. <laughs> that's okay. Well, since, since he talked uh, – mostly about Facebook, uh, I'll give a LinkedIn tip, and that is to make sure that the, p- the pieces of your profile on LinkedIn that follow you around LinkedIn, which are your basically your picture and your professional headline, to make sure that those are professional. You have a professional-looking photograph and a professional headline, which is sort of the title uh, that you put in LinkedIn, that it really describes what you do and that it's not just a title. You know, I recommend something like putting your practice area in there and not just saying attorney or partner, because when somebody looks at that separate and apart from your entire profile, they may not realize what it is that you do. And you want to make sure that when people see you all around LinkedIn, that they can tell right away who you are and, and what you do. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Allison and Dennis. Thank you, Jim and Sharon, for having us. And it's always a pleasure to to talk to to you two. Well, thank you both again. And and I want to mention that both of the books that these two fantastic folks have authored are available at the ABA web store, and we will have that link on the show notes as well. And that's all, folks, for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy.